This is Actualize Freedom, straight talk on growing clicks and conversions on Amazon FBA from people doing it every day. Now here's your host, digital marketing acrobat, Danny Kenji Carlson. What's up, guys? Danny Carlson here with the Actualized Freedom Podcast, and we have Mr. Henson Wu in front of us here. I'm really excited for this one, guys. It's going to be a really good one for reviews, and everyone cannot talk about reviews on Amazon enough these days, avoiding the negative ones, getting more positive ones. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Henson. How are you doing out there? Doing great, and thanks for having me on, Danny. Excellent. So first thing I want to dive into is you have such a long background in e-commerce, right? You started out even before the the turn of the millennia out here back in the very infant days, just selling on eBay on the side when you had your nine to five job going, right? So tell us a bit about the early days of e-commerce and and what that was like way back in the day. Yeah. um, You know, eBay, I've you know, I've, when I was young, when eBay was like back in what, 1994, 1995 is when eBay started coming out. Um, and it was, it was crazy because back then you could literally sell anything online and it was pretty much unregulated. Uh, meaning like if you post something, someone would buy it. And, you know, back in the days, internet and communication isn't as advanced as it's now. So a lot of the products you buy, um, people are happy with it. And if there's something that went wrong, uh, it, it's really hard to complain or, um, you know, file like uh, chargebacks, things like that. So um, it's very different back then when I started, um, you know, one of the first things that I was selling were like um, PlayStation uh, mod chips and modified PlayStations and games and things like that. And that's when um, the, was it the compact disc CDs? I don't know if you, back in the days we used to use have CDs and CDRs where you can copy games. So, you know, surprisingly eBay actually allowed you to copy duplicate games and you can actually sell them online. So you could, I could buy um, burned copies of games. Uh, they would buy it for like $2 and you can sell it for like $20, you know? So there was some cre- pretty crazy profit margins and returns. A uh, lot of different products you can sell back in the day. I remember my friend in high school, he was selling, um, you know, Back to the Future. They had the hoverboard. And someone actually came out with this blueprint on how to make a hoverboard at home. And obviously, it was a hoax, right? But it was this elaborate, like, PDF file. I don't even think they had PDF back then, but it was some Word document you can download. You know, let you build a, a hoverboard at home. And you could sell that for, like, $30, $40 on eBay, and people would buy it. So it, it was it was pretty crazy. And... Um, so yeah, those were the good old days when I started. I could pretty much sell anything. And then, you know, things, people started getting problems. Uh, eBay started having more stringent regulations. And that's kind of how like the landscape has kind of changed over the years. As you can see, like there's a lot of restricted items. You can sell certain things. Um, so it was it was great back then when I started. And Yeah, it's a bit of a wild west and like, Today, even, I was just in the Philippines about six months ago, and I saw a few shops around that were basically movie stores like Blockbuster, but all with pirated DVDs. And so you could just buy all of these, you know, completely illegal versions of all your favorite movies for a dollar, less than a dollar, whatever it was. Um, so the piracy industry um, is still alive and well in the Philippines. So let's talk about what was the next steps after kind of the early Wild West days, you moved to... Um, you know, more developed, more legitimate business models in e-commerce. What was that like? 
Yeah. So, you know, when I first started, I was very young. I was probably like 16 or 17. So like, you know, back then it's like you, you could care less about rules and regulations. Right. And as you grow older, you start realizing, all right, I need to create a business. I need to have a legit business license. I need to follow the rules. Uh, so I started off with a little bit of drop shipping and wholesale. So uh, it was also eBay. So I would sell like just uh, random products like media and DVDs and, um, you know, a lot of accessories back then. And uh, it did really well because, you know, you could create your own listing. And, you know, even though other people were selling the same products, uh, you would still get traffic. And as long as you were able to uh, calculate your profit margins and get a good wholesaler, um, you know, by volume, you could you can make pretty good income. And that's that's pretty much what I did um, during college and, you know, the early part of my um, working career was uh, just kind of understanding how e-commerce worked and then building a business that way. And eventually in uh, 2013, I transitioned to Amazon because um, Amazon was kind of still growing at that time. It wasn't the popular platform. Uh, eBay was still very dominant back in 2013. And um, starting in 2013 is when private labels really started becoming more popular on Amazon and people started shopping more Amazon because of Amazon Prime. And I think Amazon Prime is probably the number one reason why Amazon is here today and why eBay has kind of fallen off because of um, because consumers want to be able to get products as soon as possible, right? And because they were able to offer two-day delivery, um, it was it was a great like magnet for buyers to come shop on their platform. So when I started Amazon uh, back in 2013, 14, I was selling um, like cosmetics and clothing and my family has a uh, wholesale manufacturing down in Los Angeles for clothing. So, you know, for me, I didn't really have to go through the sourcing route and find products in China and, you know, deal with all that um, hassle of, you know, getting the products in and then trying to make a profit margin. I can literally just make profit right away. I just had to create my own brand and my own line. So um, back then I was able to, you know, figure out how to do it. And, you know, we were doing pretty well. We hit seven figures within um, seven or eight months. And back then there wasn't as many, like Amazon was pretty easy to rank. Like there wasn't too much competition. Um, you could search for keywords and there might only be like two or three listings of one product. Now you search keyword, you get like three or four pages of the same product. So it's very different. There was no PPC. Um, the ranking algorithms were a lot more lenient back then. So, you know, there's a lot of ways to try to rank your product higher that are no longer available today. So, so yeah, I learned a lot from just being able to, you know, sell on Amazon, sell on eBay and, uh, Back then there wasn't that many automation tools and I had a lot of, I had a very large inventory because I was doing clothing. There's a lot of different variations, color sizes. So you can imagine I had, you know, five to 10,000 ASINs or SKUs at one point and I really needed some software to help pretty much manage my inventory, um, save myself time, send out uh, messages, automated messages, reviews. And I've noticed that Back then, it, there wasn't too much of an option in terms of something that's very robust, robust and had a lot of features. So that's how we got into FeedbackWiz, decided to uh, develop some software for myself first, and then we made it uh, mainstream. And now I'm 100% uh, doing FeedbackWiz and software and no longer managing any more of Amazon sales. So, 
Yeah, so that was super valuable experience when you're in college and just learning the ins and outs of an e-commerce business. It allowed you to build this software business that you have today. Um, and you're certainly ahead of me in college there. When I was in college, one, I went to college to be a carpenter, so it's not really applicable to anything I do today at all. So that was just kind of useless. Uh, and two, I was just spending all my time trying to trying to date women and go get drunk on the weekends. So that was also very useless. <laughs> Maybe if I had learned about this eBay thing a little bit sooner, it would have been good. But um, you got you got me on that one there, Hanson. So let's talk about what most people are listening to this episode for, which is all the juicy tips on the reviews. First off, let's start with the number one juiciest one. How do we get more positive reviews? Because everyone knows that reviews on Amazon are basically currency. So what are the things that you recommend to people? Um, the number, let's say the, the top three things that someone can do to gain more positive reviews on Amazon. Yeah, so it really depends on what stage of the product you're at. Um, let's say you're just launching a brand new product. Um, it's it's very difficult to get reviews on new products because you need sales to generate organic reviews. So for new products, I recommend to use the early reviewer program on Amazon, where Amazon will actually get you reviews. So you can actually pay Amazon, and they can get you a handful of reviews to start off. And then um, the second method I would recommend, which is not really Amazon, like Amazon doesn't really want you to do this, but you can have some of your friends and family like buy your products and review them, but don't do like too many. Don't get like 50 of your cousins to do it because Amazon can actually track where the reviews come from. You probably just want to sprinkle a few reviews here and there just to get a few reviews. Like I would say like five or six reviews for a new product is good enough. And then from there you can do like PPC, right? To try to generate sales. And from those sales, you start collecting buyers of your actual product. And then from those buyers, you can uh, basically solicit emails to them through email automation manually. Um, that's what Feedback Whiz does is we help uh, automate the process of sending an email sequence to your actual buyers. And then you can ask them to leave a review. So there's a lot of strategy behind um, how you can get them to convert. And one of the other things I also suggest is uh, product inserts. So product inserts are very valuable as well. So definitely if you're selling on Amazon, you want to create a very nice product insert. And in that product insert, you can ask them to leave your review. Um, the one thing you, most sellers or new sellers don't realize is that you can't really manipulate the reviews anymore. You can't incentivize, you can't say, hey, here's a coupon code. If you know, I'll give you 50% off or next free product, you leave, leave us a review. So those are kind of things are not prohibit are prohibited now. So you have to be very careful on how you ask for review. It has to be in a very neutral manner. Otherwise, Amazon will, yeah. you know, you'll face this. And big caveat, guys, as well, with the, um, with the asking friends and family to leave a review, that is definitely also black hat and can get your Amazon account suspended. So you do have to be very, very careful if you're going to do something like that. I don't recommend doing it, um, especially if you have if you actually have 50 cousins, if you're in, if you have one of these, uh, you know, Asian families that just is really, really massive and you have 50 cousins you can get to buy it, that's probably going to be very, very trackable by Amazon, right? Yeah. So, you know, be, be smart. If you're going to do some stuff that's against Amazon terms of service, then yeah, be very careful. And honestly, I would not recommend it personally. I um, just wanted to put that caveat in there. But uh, uh, continue on. Let's talk about the 
the methods of using the uh, follow-up emails to ask for reviews because that is totally above the board as long as you do it a certain way. Is that correct, Hanson? Yeah, that's correct. So Amazon does allow you to communicate with your clients. Um, you just have to follow their terms of service, meaning there's certain things you're allowed to do and you can't do. And one of the things that a lot of sellers mistaken is they think that they can use the buyer-seller messaging system as a way to market products or send coupon codes. And those are all things that you cannot do. So if you, if you start doing that, Amazon will flag you and you will get your account suspended. So the way to really uh, be able to get reviews from your buyers is you have to set up some kind of email sequence. And even, even today, Amazon keeps changing the rules. So, um, you know, back then, I guess you could send uh, buyers as many emails as you want, but now a lot of buyers complain. So they have this buyer opt out. So some about 20% of Amazon buyers actually opt out of emails. So even if you send them an email, they won't get it. But the other 80%, is still opted in. So you can still reach out to them and to be able to successfully get reviews uh, this way, you want to try to build a kind of a personalized sequence. So the first email you send out to them, you don't really want to be like, Hey, you know, thanks for buying the product. Could you leave us a review. Like most of the time that won't work because, um, you know, most people just don't have the patience or the time and day to leave your review. So, the strategy really is when the order gets placed or the order gets shipped, what you want to do is you want to send the the client some information about your product. So you can send them a thank you. You can send them a contact us link says, say, you know, thanks for your order. Something happens. Uh, please contact us if, you know, the product you got isn't as we expected. So that actually helps uh, two things. It builds your uh, initial relationship with the customer and two, it actually can prevent getting negative reviews because now, because you sent that email out, the customers know that if something happens, they can directly reach out to you rather than post a negative review on Amazon. Now, the other strategy on the first email I sent out, uh, a lot of the advanced brand sellers that do is they will include like an attachment, like a PDF file that either gives them some information about the product, like how to use it, uh, five tips on, you know, keeping his product, um, you know, keeping the longevity of product. Uh, giving the customer some data in the beginning when they place their product is, is something really good and people like that. So uh, other, other strategy is you can embed like a video link uh, on how to use the product, right? So if on Amazon product pages, a lot of times you'll see the last image is actually a playable video link that kind of shows you how the product works. Um, you can do that through email automation. You can put that link inside the email. They can click on it, they can play it, and they can understand how the product works, right? So giving the customer some data before they ask them for review is actually one of the best things you can do. Now, that's the first email. The second email you want to send out is, is, is pretty much the email to ask for review. And you just want to be very direct and you know just thank thank them keep it simple and in the email you can just ask to you know please leave us a review now before there was a lot of uh, sellers that were doing uh, messages that says hey you know if you had a great experience with our product uh, please leave us a review now that's actually against terms of service because amazon sees that as steering meaning that they don't want you to only ask customers that had a good experience with the product to leave you review they want you the review to be very unbiased. So 
you really can't have these if-then statements in emails anymore. And that's kind of something that's recently changed on Amazon in the last few months. So you got to be careful if you're sending out emails and you have if-then statements. You want to just keep it very neutral and just ask them for review. Um, besides that, uh, the, the most important thing really for customers uh, to leave your review is the subject line, the email. So the email you send out before they actually read the body of the text um, really is the subject line you're sending. So if you're sending a subject line that says, hey, thanks for your purchase, could you leave us a review question mark? Um, most people would think that's a great subject line. You know, most people open that email, but actually that's actually one of the worst subject lines because when people read their inbox, they'll see that subject line and a lot of times they'll just ignore the email or pass along because they already know what the subject of the email is. And you know, people might be busy at the time, two people might not wanna leave your review. So you want to try to keep that subject line very, um, the information of the, the email very obscure. So you don't want to give away too much about what the email is about. So there's a lot of different strategies on what subject line works. One of the, my favorite subject lines and one of the subject lines we recommend that has like open rates of 40% or more is using um, the words like regarding your Amazon order ID. And then you can plug in the order ID variable uh, using like an email automation software. And it looks like a very important email about your Amazon order, but it doesn't give enough information on what it's about. So the open rates on that is very high because people are more willing to click into it and read about it. So, yeah, so the, the best tips I can get is, you know, have a really good subject line to start off with. This podcast is brought to you by Kenji ROI, a complete done-for-you service for your Amazon listing creation and optimization. Everything from product photography, including lifestyle images with a real model, graphic design images and studio images, to the copywriting and keyword optimization, to videos, and enhanced brand content if you're lucky enough to have brand registry. We also manage marketing when it comes to Amazon ads. And also, for some bigger sellers out there who might be interested in building a messenger list, we offer services creating the ManyChat funnels to follow up with customers for more reviews, to help build your own audience so you can launch new products to help rank for new keywords. Um, and there is Facebook ad management built into that as well for the right sellers. So if you want to learn more about Kenji ROI, head to K-E-N-J-I-R-O-I.com. That is actually my middle name, Kenji, with the R-O-I added onto the end. Yeah, I really like that one about the uh, the order ID because that seems like it's something important, but it's not clickbaity and, and spammy, right? Because you can use all these other methods of, you know, creating really curiosity-inducing headlines that might get someone to click, but if they if they clicked and it's a very misleading headline that's kind of clickbaity, then they probably feel tricked and they're just gonna delete the email anyways, right? That's true. Um, yeah. Are there are there any other examples of subject lines that you've seen work really well, whether that's the actual review asking email or that first value information giving email that you mentioned earlier? Yeah, the value information email, you can probably keep that more direct because people like value. So if you say, hey, your order has, your Amazon order has shipped, uh, here's some details about your product. Like that one does well because people like getting stuff, right? So they're more willing to open it. Now for the review email, um, some of the other subject lines that work well are, there's a trick that a lot of email marketers use is they use the word RE and they do RE colon and then they'll have like a question on it. So it almost looks like, um, you know, back in the days when you send emails, when someone replies to it, 
the the email um, tool automatically generate an RE that kind of shows like, hey, I talked to this person already. So a lot of a lot of people automatically think that, oh, you know, this RE means that I've initially had a conversation with this person. So that actually gets very high open rates. But I don't really like that too much because, like you said, it's a little clickbaity. It's a little bit manipulative. So it kind of tricks them into thinking that they already had a you know communication with you before. But that also gets very high open rates. Um, yeah, so RE colon, like, did you get it? Question mark. Those are all, like, really good subject clients get high open rates. But... Um, like I mentioned earlier, I think the best one is really just keep it something about the Amazon order, have that those two keywords inside the email, and then don't really give too much information about what the email is. Awesome. And let's talk about um, also the flip side of things, not only getting good reviews, but preventing people from leaving negative reviews. Um, obviously, we, we can't be like phoning up our customers and asking them to remove their one-star review or something like that, but there are things that Amazon sellers can do to reduce the amount of angry customers that will actually go onto Amazon and leave a negative review, right? So what are some of those things? Well, I mean, the really most important thing is like, don't sell a bad product, right? Because if, if you sell a good product, you're not gonna get too many bad reviews. So if you're getting a lot of bad reviews, like it, it probably means that your product's not very good, right? It's unless, or two, like some competitors, you know, just writing bad reviews for you, which happens a lot. We see that, you know, there's people uh, just, companies just go out there and leave like really bad reviews for competitors. But I mean, so one, sell a really good product. Two is that first email that I mentioned earlier is that's the email where you want to give them as much information and also let them know that, Hey, you know, we have a lifetime warranty or, Hey, we have a hundred percent, no questions asked money uh, back guarantee, something like that. And then have that contact link inside that email to let them know that, Hey, you can reach out to us anytime you have a question or issue. And in that email, that email is supposed to help get prevent getting negative reviews. Um, besides that, you really don't have too much communication with, the buyer. So make sure that inside your product, if you have a manual or if you have the product insert, you want to have as much content or literature in there to basically let the buyer know that if there's a problem. Um, you know, you guys have, there's either you have a phone number or, or email or whatever it is to, to basically help support the issue. So those are the best tips I can really give to prevent negative reviews. Now, um, so next, next question you might want to ask is how do you actually get people to, you know, a lot of people ask us like, how do you get people to revise negative reviews? Right. So, um, for people not familiar about a year ago, our tool actually would link every single review back to the order. So you could actually know exactly who wrote your review, even though, you know, let's say you use Amazon customer or a pen name or something like that we could actually detect it. But um, starting from last year, Amazon removed that capability. They no longer have the code in the back end to identify reviewers. So these days it's really difficult to find out who left your review, right? So if they use like a, a pseudo name, like, you know, like Spider-Man or something, like there's no way you can really find out who that is. But most of the time about, I say about 35, 40% of the reviews on Amazon, people still use their real names. So you can actually still- Damn it, Spider-Man, leaving one-star reviews. That's super Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if you had a customer named Spider-Man, maybe you could find them. But you can you can download your customer database um, names your, uh, inside Seller Central. So if you go to your Seller Central, um, I think it's like 
reports, like fulfillment reports. Inside fulfillment reports, you can actually download like a report that has you know your buyer's names, the uh, shipping uh, shipping address, phone number, all that information. And that, that is actually only stored in Amazon for 30 days. So you want to make sure you download that report every 30 days. Otherwise, you won't be able to see the past orders. Now, once you download that report, <clears throat> you can basically go to your reviews and look at that pen name and try to do a search to see if you can find that name in the buy report. Now, if you find the name and it matches, then you have the order ID. If you have the order ID, now you have the way to communicate with them through buyer-seller messaging. So that's kind of the first step on how you identify the reviewer. Now, the second step is how do you actually get them to remove or revise the review under TOS? Because Amazon actually doesn't allow you to say, hey, you know, I'll give you a refund if you remove this review. That's actually against terms of service. And if you do anything like that, you're going to get suspended. So what we recommend is um, basically try to get the initial communication with them. Because a lot of time you send an email, people don't respond, right? So, you know, if they don't respond, then there's kind of no hope. You might want to just give up. But in the first email you send out to them, you might want to reach out and just tell them that, hey, you're sorry for you know whatever bad experience they had with the product. Hey, here's a hundred, here's a, um, I'll refund your money 100% back, or here's a, or you know, give you a full refund or ship you a brand new product, and just see if they'll take it, right? And then no questions asked. Don't ask them like for anything like, hey, if you remove your review or anything like that. Just just send them an email. Just let them know that you'll either refund their money or give them a free like replacement and then see if they respond, right? If they respond and take the offer, then go ahead and do it. Now, I assume that the product you're selling, you're willing to take a financial loss. If you're selling like a $5,000, like uh, like a laser machine or something, you probably won't do this. But if you're selling like a, you know, like a trash can or something small, maybe it's worth it, right? So it really depends on your product. So if they're willing to take that offer, then you can you know, give them the refund or send them the replacement. And then you can follow up with them another message. And what we re usually recommend is you can let them know that, hey, because you wrote this product review for us, that's how I know about this, you know, this default or this defect in the product. And I'm able to, you know, improve my product for my future customers. But I also want to let you know that, you know, customer service could be part of, you know, the review process and kind of just let them know you're just giving them a, how do you say, you're like, you're not telling them to revise the review, but you're letting them know that the review is not just about the product, it can be about part of the customer service journey and just let them know that, hey, here's here's the review that you left and you can send them the product review link and if they click on it, they'll be able to see the review they left and they have the ability to delete or modify the review at any time. So you can kind of send them a message that way, but don't ever mention or ask them to review, remove or revise the review you just kind of want to kind of give them a hint hint hey here you know i gave you a refund um hope you're happy and you know there's a very good chance that they will remove the review and based on the analytics we saw in the past when we had this review matching um believe it or not about 40 percent of people actually did revise remove for review and it's really good because um these days, shoppers really read the negative reviews. They leave, they only read like one or two star reviews, right? Because almost every product has like 2,000 reviews, four and a half stars. Like, how do you differentiate? Do I buy product A or buy product B? I read the negative reviews and see what's wrong with the products, right? And if someone with a one star review modifies the review or updates it and says, hey, you know, this brand, they reached out to me, they fixed my problem. Uh, 
fairly satisfied. Just to let you guys know that you know if you have a problem, you'll be taken care of, right? That will actually get more exposure than a glowing five star review that gets mixed into thousands of other reviews. So, so yeah, that's that's what I gotta say for you know getting rid of negative reviews. Yeah, sounds like a bit of an extensive and very specific process, but one that's very well worth it to have some processes in place to, like you said, download those reports every 30 days, make sure that it's something that you're staying on top of and monitoring, right? So speaking of the monitoring, um, there's also another part of your tool that offers some alerts for for just really important things to stay on top of. And uh, I want you to talk a bit about you know, what are the things that people should be monitoring um, and what are the consequences for just missing some of these things that your tool can alert people of? Yeah, so so part of our tool is the email automation so we can help you send out these automated emails. The other part of our tool is we help you monitor uh, seller reviews, seller feedback, um, listing changes, you know, hijackers, buy box loss, things like that. So product reviews, like when you when someone writes your review on Amazon, uh, there's no notification like seller feedback that someone left you a product review. You basically have to manually go on Amazon's product page, your product page, and then kind of scroll down and kind of filter. And it doesn't even filter by like recent reviews. It usually filters by top reviews. So you have to click on click on top reviews and then change it to most recent reviews. And then you'll be able to see, hey, someone left me a review recently or not. Well, feedback is what we can do is we will automatically notify you when the review comes in. So we do this four times a day and you'll get a no, uh, notification email that basically tells you, hey, you got a positive or negative review from this product, here's what they wrote, here's a link to the Amazon site, and here's the link to Feedback Waves. And our platform actually can display all your reviews in one screen. So let's say you're selling um, you know, 50 different ASIN products. Uh, there's, a view, there's a view mode where you can see all the reviews come in by time, and there's a view mode where you can sort it by ASIN only. So you can basically click on it, expand, you can see all the reviews at once. Uh, there's a search and a filter mechanism where you can search and filter by like star rating, by keywords, by time. Uh, there's a lot of features. It's a lot easier to manage than to manage in, uh, than Amazon page. Now, why do you need to get review notifications? Uh, the main reason is that um, being able to read all your reviews at once, it's really something important for Amazon sellers because you want to know what people are saying about your product, right? If there's something wrong with your product, the best way to know about it is through the product reviews. And if you can read them and and see, hey, you know, this, this product has a deficiency in this, this section, I should go out there and spend some money and fix it and make it better, right? You get the instant feedback from that. Number two, um, anytime you get negative reviews, you want to be able to respond to that. So there's actually a little comment box um, for every review you get that you allow you to actually comment on or reply to the review. Now that re- that reply actually gets posted on Amazon. It's public. So as a brand manufacturer, whenever you get a negative review, the first thing you want to do is you want to log in as your brand manufacturer and respond and comment on it. So if someone had a bad experience with your product, you want to go in, you want to say, hey, you know, um, apologize for the issue here's our customer service number please feel free to reach out to us uh we'll take care of you something like that and like i mentioned before most shoppers these days read negative reviews so if the shopper comes in and reads that review and then sees that hey the manufacturer commented right away and it's basically said that we'll take care of the issue it gives them more confidence to buy your product 
So, so that's pretty much number one reason you want to monitor reviews. Um, some of the other notifications we have are like buy box and hijackers. So for people that are not familiar with hijackers, um, it's really people that are trying to sell your product either as counterfeit or trying to steal your sales. So as a private label seller, uh, you're pretty much the only person selling that product. You should own it. Um, for people that don't have brand registry, highly recommend you get brand registry. That way you can get rid of hijackers. But either way, people will jump on your listing uh, and people will try to sell your product at some point. The, the faster you move to page one, the more hijackers you're going to get. And they're going to do whatever they can to try to get a piece of your pie. So without the alert to know that someone jumped on your listing, you're not able to react uh, fast enough. And you know, by by the time you realize, you probably lost like 30% of your sales already because someone can jump on, sell a counterfeit product, take a portion of your sales, and you might not even know about it. So having hijacker alerts is extremely important. And um, when you get hijackers, that's a different, uh, totally different topic to talk about. But there's strategies on how to get rid of them. But I won't go into details on that today. Yeah, super valuable to be staying on top of all that stuff because, like you said, the consequences for just letting that stuff slip, like having a hijacker on your listing or just leaving a one-star review on there, unresponded to, that customer is still mad. Uh, when you could, go use that strategy to reach out to them to hopefully get rid of that negative review. There's a lot of things that you it brings the power back in your control, right? If you're not monitoring these things, then you will wake up one day and realize there's been something there for a month that ended up costing you a lot of money, right? Um, doesn't matter what kind of business you're running. If you're not monitoring the most important things, then you're going to wake up to some nasty surprises every now and then. So super valuable tip there from Henson. So this has been a really interesting episode. People got a lot of value when it comes to removing negative reviews, how to get more positive reviews, how to get more alerts. And we thank you for coming on here. So if people want to reach out to you online or learn more about your tool and what you do, where can they do so, Hanson? Yeah, you can you can uh, go to our website. It's worldwideweb.feedbackwiz.com. Uh, that's our mar- marketing site. You'll be able to basically explore all the features we offer. And we have a 30-day free trial. So you you know, as a new Amazon seller, you can use it for 30 days. We even have a free plan too. So if you just started selling on Amazon and you don't have that many orders, uh, we have a free plan that lets you send 150 emails a month for free. And you can actually use all the functionalities of um, setting up a sequence and uh, sending out emails. So yeah, check us out, feedbackwiz.com. Awesome, Henson. And we'll put a link to that as well as all the other resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes at actualizefreedom.com. And guys, if you haven't already, please go leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever app you're listening to this podcast or on YouTube. Subscribe, do all that fancy stuff. If you give a thumbs down, I'm going to be real mad. If you give if you give any kind of review less than, let's say, four stars, you know what? If, if you didn't like this one so much, four stars, I can understand. But any lower than that, I'm going to be real mad at you. Okay? So leave us a nice review. Uh, you give us a thumbs up. Just blame it on me. <laughs> it's my fault, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have to hire Henson as a consultant to get some better reviews. I started getting a bunch of negative ones here. <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on here. And thank you guys for listening to the Actualized Freedom Podcast. And we'll see you next time. Peace. This podcast is sponsored by the Helium 10 suite of tools. And we at Kenji ROI have been using Helium 10 for more than three years now. 
They have so many tools packed into one, I don't think that there's a better value. Um, and we use it all the time for ourselves and our clients, so we can actually recommend it from real experience. We use their keyword tracker to see how our product launches are doing, the keyword indexing tool to ensure that you're actually showing up for your main keywords. Super, super important step right there. And also Magnet and Cerebro, a really powerful combination for finding keywords your competitors are using or just finding new keywords to put into your listing in general. You should be using this on you know, at least a monthly basis to see if any new keywords are coming up um, because new searches are coming up all the time, guys. Like people are searching on Google um, I forget the number, but a huge percentage of those searches are brand new, never been done searches. So if you guys want a discount code, you can use 50 Kenji ROI for 50% off your first month of Helium 10 or 10 Kenji ROI for 10% off for life. So that's a pretty good discount. You might as well. Um, we use them and recommend them for years. So if you guys need that, you guys will definitely get good value out of Helium 10. For show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit KenjiROI.com.